caregivers. Have you ever felt like nothing is going right? Well, cheer up and welcome to Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program, where you'll learn how to avoid that dreaded thing called caregiver burnout and how to survive the grieving process. Join Dave and his guests now as they share practice tips and tools that you can start using immediately to help get you through this day. Now, here's your caregiver host, Dave Nassani. From New York and Los Angeles, the Big Apple and the Big L.A., welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave, the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com, and along with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg at thecaregiverspace.org, coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 16 global audio and video platforms, including iTunes and YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Mixcloud, Listen Notes, Blueberry, Player FM, Podcasts.com, VIP Internet Radio, Facebook Live, HealthyLife.net, and CaregiverDave.com. One day I'm going to say it without messing up. It's a challenge. And we're proud to be voted uh, number two best podcast out of the top six in Caregiverspodcast.com. I'm sorry, messing up here. And number one out of the top 50 caregiver podcasts by Player FM. That's real exciting. And we do have an exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? We certainly do. We certainly do. <laughs> um, Joan Markell, author and grief expert, is with us today. And we're going to talk all about grief. We're going to talk about you know, what to say and what not to say and all that stuff. But before I do that, I want to thank... Um, our guest last week, Dr. Nathalie Beauchamp, uh, Ottawa-based chiropractor, author of a recently published book, Hack Your Health. And uh, let's get started. And remember, you can watch or listen to this interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or all those other platforms that I mentioned above. All right, enough of that. Welcome to the show, Joan. We're so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here and yeah, the we, opportunity to uh, a little yeah. bit about grief and uh, all the other things I have on my mind. We finally got you connected. Yeah, we had some technical di- difficulties in the beginning, got a late start. But why don't you take a minute or two and introduce yourself? I like to ask my guest just who is Joan Mark Well and why was she put on this earth? Oh, wow. How's that for a question? <laughs> That's a biggie. Well, I was put on this earth for everything but what I thought I was put on this earth for. <laughs> uh, I've been a lot of things in my life. <clears throat> uh have a great mom and dad who produced eight children, four boys and four girls. And uh, we've all gone our separate ways, of course. Wow. And uh, it's been an interesting story between all the fights and all the family <laughs> gatherings. And uh, we all uh, we all are, are a very close family, and we've been through a lot together, especially these last few years. Uh, now, where did you grow up? Years, uh, we're all from Lexington, Kentucky, although I Kentucky. have one brother that's a Buckeye. 
born in Cincinnati. Wow. So if you're a grief expert, I am assuming that you have had some practice grieving. Yes, I have. Um, well, tell I us about my that. Daughter. Oh, my. That's, that's terrible. I lost my daughter, Cindy, um, to cancer. Uh, we spent nine months uh, hoping that Things wouldn't turn out the way they did, but unfortunately, they did. And um, since then, it's been a really roller coaster ride for my family. And uh, I think that uh, the body is just not equipped to handle that kind of stress. The nervous system, you know regulates uh, all of the internal organs, and I can't say that I blame everything on that, but since then, I've had um, a nodule up against my vocal cord nerve, and I had to have that removed along uh, with the thyroid. And I had brain cancer uh, surgery. Fortunately, it was benign. after that, I began to have seizures, and so the caregiver became the care. What is the word? Is there such a word for that? The caregiver. Yes, the caregiver is <laughs> caregiver. The caregiver needs and, a caregiver. Right, and uh, my great niece uh, Kylie, she was diagnosed diagnosed at fourteen, and. I hope I get this right. It was blastic plasmacytoid dendritic cell neoplasm. Mm-hmm. It's a wow. form wow. of uh, leukemia within her skin cells, and she was one of 26 adolescents in the world to ever be diagnosed with it. Wow. So there was a two-year treatment period for her, um, uh, we lost, before we lost Cindy, we had lost my niece in a car accident, <clears throat> and uh, she became, she was an organ donor. That's always been a major ongoing thing with my family. What, uh, donating organs? Yes. Yes. Well, that's good. And there's a story with that, uh, with Cindy. Well, how old was Cindy uh, when she had cancer? Uh, she was 42. And so she, she was married? Behind, yes, leaving behind a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. Oh, that's tragic. So who's caring for them uh, now? Uh, her father. Mm, you get uh, to help out a lot? Uh, yes, uh, as much as I can. Um of course, my husband took care of me for two, a little over two years. I wasn't able to drive, so that put me in a really rough spot because I've always been so outgoing and go, 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 <laughs> and uh, we live in the country, and in my situation, it wasn't like, uh, hey, when you're driving by, would you mind picking me up? Mm-hmm. So... Um, that was really that was really a tough situation. 
So yeah. remind me how you and I met that you were able to come on this show. We met at the summit in New York. Yeah, what were you doing there? Well, what, I what brought you to New York? Book. I had written the book, Softening okay. Grief. So you're promoting actually, your book? Yes. And actually, I had written that book while I was recovering from my brain surgery. I see. And I had three co-authors, Patty Hollingsworth, Mm -hmm. who had lost her daughter to cancer, and uh, uh, Susie McDonald, Uh who lost her son to a heart condition, and then my sister-in-law, Janie, and her and my brother had lost our Missy in a car accident. You got a lot of experts so, who know about grief helping you out there. Uh, absolutely. Uh, none of us are doctors or psychiatrists or any of that sort, <laughs> but we are. You just we experts. Are, yes, we are the absolute experts <laughs> on grief. In the writing so, of this book. So ahead. yeah, give us give us the synopsis of the book. What what ex- explicitly about grief does the book talk about? Does it talk about the person who's going through the grief? Does it talk about the people who are watching someone go through the grief? How to act? How what to say? What not to say? Where where does it come from? And where does it, it go? It covers it covers everything because after wow. going well, through the situation, number one, there were so many things that were said to us that set us back on our heels. You know, when they walked away, we would be thinking, I can't believe you just said that to me. Well, give us an example of something that shocked you like that, that someone said. Um, Take, for example, mm, time heals all wounds. (laughs) And uh, my son son (laughs) said uh, the funniest thing on that. He said, Mom, well, tell them, It'll take 59 days, and then on day 60, I'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, or pick a day. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and I got ahead of myself here on December the 22nd of this past year. We also lost another son. Oh, my. Yes, and that was one reason when you asked me, what was I doing at the summit? That was a question I... I said to myself, yeah, what was I doing at the summit? <laughs> yeah. Because you had just lost uh, him. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I was supposed well, to. Well, you're probably there because you paid for it and you figured I better, you know, <laughs> it wasn't cheap. Well, <laughs> well I w- was supposed to have gone in the fall, but my husband had open heart surgery. Uh. And so I didn't go because, again, I was a caregiver. So that's three tragedies in what period of time? Well. Like a year or less than a year? Well, my daughter, it it will be six years in September. Okay. But my niece, well, she's been gone 11 years. But, Hmm. again, time doesn't make any difference. Right. You're still grieving yeah. your daughter, I would assume, and you're still grieving everything, your niece. Every single day. There are so, so many things that trigger. I mean, really? it, it, it's unbelievable. I'll, uh, I'll pull up to a drive-in window to order something, and I find myself 
ordering what I thought she would order instead of what I had mm-hmm. my mind made up. You wow. know, I can hear a song. I can, uh, some blonde will, I'll see her back of her head in a mall. And, uh, you know, it's it just brings everything rolling back to you. I know the right. first time mm-hmm. I tried to go Christmas shopping, I had to drive around the mall four times because that was something that we always did together. And then I just drove off because I just didn't have the heart to do it. Mm-hmm. So wow. it's just a never-ending process. Well, listen, Joan, hang on there. We're going to take a, a quick break, and then we're going to come back and continue talking to you. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Sure. That understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back with Joan Markwell and Adrian Gruberg, and I'm Dave Nassani, and we're talking about grief. And Joan, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, I'm a caregiver, and Adrian was a caregiver. Uh, so there's a thing called anticipatory grief, right? And there's something uh, called just the grief process, you know, when you're going through the grief anticipatory. Um, I would assume uh, that you were grieving, uh, you know, every time a loved one had a problem, but I assume that you were also grieving for yourself because you were losing your freedom, you were losing your, your peace, your joy, whatever. Talk about that. What, how many different kinds of grief were you experiencing? I think the first grief was in losing my niece. Okay. And that was one thing that prompted me to, read, to uh, write this book. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. back up a little. You're too close and you're too loud. Okay, that's, that's better. Okay. Just be normal. Can you, can you hear me fine now? Oh, yeah, we can hear you perfectly. Um, and that's because I thought I had done everything right in comforting my brother and my sister-in-law. And then when I lost my own daughter, I found out that I didn't have a clue. Uh I grieved the loss of Missy, and that was a different grief. And when you lose your own child, you lose such a piece of yourself that you never get back. And that's a different grief than going through the grief 
of watching someone else or going through and helping someone else grieve the loss of their child. Yeah. What what hope can you give someone who's deep in grief? I mean, is it ever going to end? Uh, a lot of people, you know, take their lives, a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem, right? What what kind of hope can you give people who are just going through this terrible, terrible grief? They don't want to get out of bed. They, they stopped showering. They stopped eating or they eat too much. <laughs> Almost a depression. It is a depression. Uh, yeah. Did you go through that? I have talked to so many bereaved mothers in writing this book, but I can tell you in the four of us that authored this book that every one of us has considered pills, alcohol, suicide, whatever it took because you couldn't get off couldn't get it out of your mind and it's such a hurt uh, I remember telling a friend of mine that I had made everybody so mad <laughs> that I just didn't know what to do and she said well the only way that you could take make me mad is if you do what you're thinking about doing and I thought, how in the world could she know that? <laughs> but she had lost a son. Wow. And it's something that I think so many of us consider. But I had talked, again, to so many, and I've talked to everyone from the person that came to me and said, I don't feel the same way that you do, but I want to, all the way to the other end, who said, I came here today to tell you that I'm going to kill myself. And I've talked to hundreds of mothers who have lost their children. And in this book, I took the median way because to everyone has a personal story. And we all have different experiences, different circumstances, but I found out it didn't matter the race, the religion, nothing mattered, nothing, no, no because we all yeah. love our children the same. Yeah, so many people have said it's just wrong for a child to die before their parent. Uh, right. I'm sure you were feeling that as well. I don't think anyone said it was wrong. Um but it is wrong. It is wrong for, it's not, it's not the way nature intended it to be, for the parent to go before the child. Right. Um, and that's why, and we're mothers, and we're supposed to nurture our children. And when our children die, we blame everybody. We blame the doctors. We blame the circumstances. We blame God, but most of all, we blame ourselves yeah. because, again, we're the mothers. We're supposed to take care of our young ones, and it takes a long time before we come around and, and, and really understand that it was the illness, it was the accident, it was whatever, till we get to that point. 
You know, a lot of parents lose children, uh, 5-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old. Do you think it's the same kind of grief for someone to lose a child, a baby, than an adult uh, with a husband and uh, kids of their own? Oh no, yeah. it's it's all it's all it's all the same. I've I've talked to it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the age. I've talked to I went to the cemetery one time uh with my mother. She was looking for uh, a, an aunt of hers. Mm. And crazily enough, we were there and we ran into a ninety two year old relative of, of ours and she was there to meet to visit her daughter who was there. And as she told us this, she began to tear up and cry. And you knew that that daughter that she lost meant as much and she missed her as much as I did mine. And it's the same way. When we run into someone who has lost a child, no matter the age, we know how they feel. And we hug each other because no one but someone who has lost a child can feel that way. And we immediately have a connection. Yeah, and that, I, would, I would guess that that is also for stillborn or uh, miscarriages as well, where they never were able to see the child. Yeah, that's, some, that's something agree, that we Adrian? did not cover in our book, but yes. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to take another break, so don't go away. We will be right back with Adrian Gruberg and our guest. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships, is about Charlene, a stroke survivor. Back in 1996, Charlene was a healthy, normal, very active 52-year-old woman whose amazing talents resemble that of both a Martha Stewart and a Wonder Woman. But all that changed when she suffered a massive stroke that left her severely speech-impaired and paralyzed on the right side. Everyone who knows Charlene is thoroughly amazed at how she lives day by day, month by month, year by year, and with a smile on her face and hope in her heart that everything is going to be okay. Just hear what best-selling author Lynn Barrington has to say about it. If you think you have it bad, read this book. This is a beautiful, genuine story told from the heart. It's inspiring and easy to read. When you finish this book, you'll be able to look at your concerns in a new light. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships. Available everywhere. And we're back with Joan Markwell and Adrian Gruberg. So, what's your hope that this book will accomplish, Joan? Why did you write it? We, we, we give a timeline of what a mother goes through so people can better understand the progression of grief and we also as you said uh, cover many of the things that people say to us and then we give a way that you can turn it around and make it more helpful and more compassionate to us and then we also give ways that you can actually help us to get through the grieving process, it's a book for other mothers to realize that they're not crazy because we all feel like we're going crazy after we lose a child. And it's good to know that you're in this crazy group. And I call it a secret society 
that you become a member of unwillingly and unwillingly when you lose a child that you have no you have no choice because you became you become in this this awful spot that you can't get out of and you you be, you lose all touch with reality and you know how those wavy men are that are out there it's like everything you were has been sucked out of you and you're looking for something to hold you back up and so you're looking for your friends and and people to support you in some way and then you're amazed that the people that you thought would be there for you are not mm. and then people that you didn't expect are there for you and so it, you're so confused because the person that you were is gone and the person that you are now is like you don't know who you are because that person is just in a void and then you become a person that you really don't know who you're going to become because you're not there and then people expect you to be who this old person or who you were they expect you to be that person and you can't be so it's so confusing for you and the support comes from people that are like you they're in this crazy club and those people you can begin to relate to so it's very difficult for you and you're you're in a long process and it, i like does it get better with time getting, does it get better with time it gets easier i like what rose kennedy said she said they say time heals all wounds i do not agree she says yes it starts the scab over but to to save you from insanity but there's always something that comes along to pull back that scab mm. and it but it never really goes away and i agree with her it never really heals up yes in time it gets a little bit better but it never ever goes away when is the last time you cried about this Question? I, I said, when is the last time you cried about this? <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> I may cry after we get off the show. Sure. <laughs> I, have know, uh, I have a question. I have a question. I mean, I, my, our son, I mean, <sighs> you know, you open up so many wounds that every time there's a catastrophe on TV and you think about all these mothers that have lost their child every time there's another missing child another you know, every everything that is sensationalized on TV yeah. you think you know you think about that mother and you think about the feelings that she's going through and 
it makes you think about your own feelings again, and you wish you could be there. You wish you could help her. You wish you could hug her. You know, it sounds like you're describing a form of post-traumatic stress disorder, doesn't it, Adrian? Yeah, very much so. What were you going to ask? I wanted to know, uh, Joan, how did you meet the uh, your co-authors? Well, one, of course, is my sister-in-law, and the other two, uh, she taught me into going to Compassionate Friends, which is a group that is for parents who have lost their children, uh, which is a great organization. Um, you hate going there because you have to hear all of these terrible stories, but then again, they're the only ones that you can relate to, and you can right. sit in a room and say anything, and they understand. So it's bad and it's good, but you can cry in there, and you can stomp, and and they get it, you know. Adrian, Adrian I bet you. And our poor husbands, you know, they can only handle so much, and they're men. They want to fix things. <laughs> yeah. They want to fix things. Adrian, I bet I you have a, a chat room. Be, where do all the men go? I or where do all a... the fathers go? Well, it's a grief chat room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I assumed that, uh, I, I was assuming that you might have met the your co-authors at a face-to-face -face group. Face-to-face um, -face support groups are underrated yeah. by people in grief. Did you do a traditional support group where you all get together in one room, Joan, and, uh, you know, talk to each other? Uh, no. Uh, that's, no, I haven't. That's amazing. Haven't. Have you ever heard of them? Have you considered trying them? Did it just seem too painful to do it? I highly recommend you do it. Not too uh, late. No, I have not. Uh, I have been... So busy uh, <laughs> taking care of people uh, in my own life, and I still, you know, I have. Um, matter of fact, I wanted to show you who my caregiver is now. <laughs> couldn't I couldn't get by without showing you? Oh, this right. is Jonah. <laughs> And uh, he's we, my service dog, we eat so he lets me know, say hi, Jonah. He, he lets me know oh, when I'm going to have a seizure, so I'm so much more independent now. And uh, what does he he's detect? a godsend. What does uh, he detect in you? He lets you know what? He lets me know when I'm going to have a seizure. Ah, we have a dog like that because, too. Because I still, I still have them. I see. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? What does he do just before the? What does he do just before the seizure? Uh, he'll nudge me on the leg. To sit down or something? No, he can. He can smell the difference in my breath. And so. Uh, so what do you do when he nudges you on the leg? 
that lets me know that I'm going to have a seizure so I can sit down. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so we've both been, uh, he's about 19 months old, so we've both been hard at training, and it's a process. Yeah. What What is his breed? Uh, he's half poodle and half Australian shepherd, mm. mini. Smart. And Amazing. he's uh, Amazing. I I can't say enough for him, but um, I mean he's he's you know for support as far as uh, making a person feel better all the time. This yeah. is this is my go-to man when I'm I'm down, and well, and he's a workaholic. <laughs> well, in the last two minutes, what would you like uh, your audience to go home with? I'm sorry. In the last two minutes of our show, we've run out of time. What uh, last thoughts would you like to share with our audience? Anything well, else? I'd like, I'd like everyone. That get, of course, I want to promote my book. Uh, and where can we find your the book? Grief. Where can we find right. that? It's on Amazon. It's on Kindle. It's on Goodreads. All right. Uh, but I hope that uh, I hope that anyone who is grieving uh, the loss of a loved one can reach out to each other, and I hope that they can get a better understanding uh, of those who are grieving um, through the experiences that are shared in this book. And uh, you just have to think before you approach someone and make sure that it's going to be sincere and sympathetic and don't turn a conversation around and make it about you. You know, right. just listen. Uh, right. I never was a uh, touchy-feely person, but now I'll take all the hugs I'll, I can get. <laughs> <laughs> you you have to, the best times for me when, when you just don't say anything. The best thing that someone did for me was sit on the curb and just cry with me. Didn't ask any questions, didn't say why. We just sat there and cried. <laughs> and sometimes when you say, I got no words, that works. John Mark, www.johnmarkwell.com. Uh -huh. uh, that's my Facebook. Uh, right. I'm on uh, Twitter. Well, well, it was great having you on, Joan. You did a great job. Okay, well, thank you so much. All right. Hey, Adrian, how do we get rid uh, How do we get rid of you? <laughs> was I really going to say that? Hey, Adrian, how do we get rid of you? <laughs> It's Adrian <laughs> at thecaregiverspace.org, uh, and it's thecaregiverspace.org is the website, and the caregiverspace is the Facebook page. And if Joan wants to visit your grief room, what should she do? Well, you go to thecaregiverspace.org, uh, no, caregiverspace on Facebook, and you look for the community that best fits your needs, which would be after caregiving um, or parents of, you know, who were caregivers. Both, I, I would think, 
would be yeah. pertinent. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you both being on the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program with Dave Nassani.